Father, we just lift up the name of Jesus this morning because that name is above every other name. And we thank you that you have given us that name, that in that name and through that name, we might have victory in everything we say and do. And we thank you that, Lord, that name is written upon our foreheads, that when the angels come for us, they will see it, and they will know that we belong to Jesus. And we bless your word this morning, and we thank you that you will impart it to us with revelation, wisdom, and knowledge, and understanding in the ways of the Lord, and who Jesus is. And we thank you for your presence to minister to every single person here in this room. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to set us free this morning. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Many years ago, when I was a pastor up at Newtown, Sydney, Foursquare, the Lord said to me, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And I didn't understand it. And I didn't know what it was pertaining to in my life and how I was supposed to use it. But as time went by in my ministry and understanding of God, things began to change. This morning I want to talk to you about uh, the new year that we, are, we have come into and what might happen or what is going to happen. The title of my message this morning is When Heaven and Earth Collide. When Heaven and Earth Collide. Jesus, if he has a kingdom, which he has, we know he has, has to in some way reveal it to us so that we know that there is a kingdom of God. And these things are important to understand because otherwise we might think we are isolated and alone and that we've only got each other and that God is some distant figure that we worship, you know, in invisibility and that there is no demonstration or there is no manifestation of God to his people. But God sent Jesus so that we might understand that there is another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, and that we might get to know what this kingdom is about and what it is that God wants to do with this kingdom on earth. So when Jesus came, he demonstrated it in a very unique way that most people today will not accept even Christians, well-meaning Christians, will not accept. And this was the reaction that he got when he came to the earth and demonstrated the kingdom of God. The people of that time as well did not receive it. And the people of the 20th century as well do not receive it. In many, many cases. To them it's a buy the buy kind of thing. And if it is there for a moment, it's a fleeting thought, and then they forget about it. But if you want to understand what the kingdom is about, there are many aspects to the kingdom, and you have to, as a Christian, demonstrate what the kingdom is about. Otherwise, what point is there of a kingdom that wants to come and rule the earth if it, does, if it cannot be demonstrated? So it has to be demonstrated. So if you have your Bibles with you, this morning, come with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and because they are accusing him of casting demons out by the power of Satan, known here as Beelzebub. But then Jesus replies them and says, but in verse 20, but if I with the finger of God, meaning the Holy Spirit, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Amen. 
If I cast out devils by the finger of God, and he, then he says, the kingdom of God has come to you. Now we've got to understand this statement. Otherwise we might think it's all about casting out demons. And then he goes on to say in verse 21, when a strong man armed keepeth his, play, his palace, his goods, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. Meaning to say that now someone stronger than Satan has come to the earth. So he's trying to demonstrate this to the Pharisees who didn't have an understanding of it. And then when we go to verse 24, he says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he said, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So then Jesus goes on to say how the counter-attack takes place by the kingdom of Satan against the kingdom of God. So even though the kingdom of God comes and then demonstrates the power and sets a person free, the counter-attack takes place when the person, okay, when that person who is set free doesn't take steps to secure their release or their liberty. So again, what happens is a repossession or a re-oppression takes place, but unfortunately this time it's seven times more than the first time. So with the first one it becomes eight times more. Which means that someone stronger than the eight demons has to come in order to set that person free. Hallelujah. So the demonstration of the kingdom of God has got to do with many, many aspects of demonstrating that kingdom. But in the first instance, Jesus reveals it to us as casting out demons. Now can we, we're going to show you a clip and you might ask the question, does every believer does every believer have to cast out demons? What do you think? What do you think? Pardon? Mark 16 says that they who believe, so please switch, those who believe, amen, if you're a believer, you're involved in a conflict with the satanic kingdom, and you have to cast out demons. Now, they're not always going to come out with shouting and screaming, but they've got to do with various other ways of coming out. I just want to show you a clip from one of our mission trips to various places. Just to show you that when you go there, you demonstrate. So through this broken love affair, he had opened his heart up to demonic forces of maybe unforgiveness and sorrow and whatever else, rejection. Okay? And now when a man stronger than the demons that were in him came and laid hands, okay? Now who's the strong man? See? Obviously I am. Because the one stronger than those demons 
has come. But who's stronger than the one who laid hands is the one in me. Amen? But the one in me cannot be activated to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven unless and until the one that I am submitted and yielded to do that. So I, I don't have to have a special anointing to cast out demons. I don't have to be a great man of God and have 10,000 in my church to cast out demons. I just have to believe. Amen? Now, in your own case, there may be situations where you are going through struggles and difficulties and you don't know what to do. You might have to demonstrate the power of God to yourself or have someone else do that. So we see that, that when heaven comes and collides with earth, right, we have a situation of demonstration of the kingdom of God. So what's happening now is that this boy, and let's keep going with that clip, uh, is being delivered. See this woman. What's the demonstration here? Demonstration is healing. Okay? The demonstration of the kingdom of God is in healing. Sickness does not come from God. Sickness comes from the devil. Diseases come from the devil. And so he gets it at some stage and he puts those things on us. Because we are unaware, we are unconscious of his presence and what he's doing. He is invisible as well. And somewhere along the way we pick it up. So someone else comes along, prays for us, and we get healed. Amen. Someone stronger than the sickness, raise hand and you get you. Keep going. Now these are Fijians. Back to uh, Mandy to 
catch a flight, and I said, I'm, I'm not coming for any meeting, but that lady insisted that I should go for that meeting. And when we went there, this is what happened. God poured out His Spirit, and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? And they received the presence and the power of God into their lives, and they began to speak in tongues, and they manifested in this way. So again, there was a demonstration of how how the kingdom comes to the earth and what the kingdom is about. So we know that the kingdom is about power from on high that comes and then it is manifest in speaking in tongues and other things. I think that's enough of the clip. Thank you. So what we have is heaven colliding with earth. Now why do I say that? Why do I use that word colliding? Because when a force that is greater than an earthly force comes to the earth and falls on us or comes to attack those demons that are attacking us. There is an explosion kind of thing that takes place. And that is manifest as a demonstration. It's not something to be scared of or to say to yourself, oh, you know, I'm demonized and uh, and what will people think? That, that's not what it is. The thing is, is, you're suffering from that thing for so long and you don't know how to get it out. And sometimes the Spirit of God sovereignly comes into a meeting and does it himself. It's not that the speaker has planned it. Okay? Oftentimes we don't plan things, we just go to the meeting, but we're prepared, we are ready, we are willing, we are in position. We are armored, we've got the full armor of God, so God can use us. So you, you and I need to come to that place where you know, we need to understand what is going to happen. What is going to happen in the days that are coming to the earth? The reason I'm showing you this is because you're going to see a lot of this. You're going to see a lot of this. And you may not necessarily be, you know, willing to be involved in something like this. But when you are used of God, God doesn't necessarily ask you permission. Okay? He doesn't necessarily ask you permission. But He places you in a position or place where you have to demonstrate the kingdom of God. It's not just about witnessing and telling somebody the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about removing that power that is holding their mind. It is about removing the veil that is over their eyes. And you and I have to learn how to do that because the veil that is upon them now is thicker than it has ever been before. It's so deep, there are so many layers to that veil now that in order for us to get through that onion skin layer into the depth and the root of the problem, it is impossible without the power and the presence of God coming upon us in a greater way than it has been up to now. It is impossible, I tell you. You can sit for days and years with somebody and you'll never get them released from their problem because that power is not working. That heavenly power is not working in us and through us. It is in us, but it's not working through us. Some of us don't understand it. There are many evangelical churches that absolutely and totally reject anything to do with the demonstration of healing or deliverance or of power of God. And we're talking countless millions, hundreds of millions of Christians who call upon the name of Jesus who refute the Bible on these aspects and say these things are past and they are of the old days, got nothing to do with the after Jesus gave us the apostles who wrote the Bible and from now on it's just, you know, letter of the word. I'm sorry, the kingdom of God is not about the letter of the word. The kingdom of God is about the spirit. Amen? And the demonstration of the spirit. You see, in Romans 8, 19, it says the creature, meaning the earth, awaited the manifestation of the sons of God. 
Now, how long is the earth going to wait? That's the question. How long has the earth been waiting? And have the manifestation, has the manifestation of the sons of God taken place? I believe it has, to some degree. But there's, it's going to come in a greater way. You see, I'm a son of the Father. Okay? I have been manifested by God when He pulled me out of the kingdom of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of light. And He says now to the principalities and powers, Behold my son. Behold my daughter. Behold my child. This is who I have chosen. This is who I have ordained. Now you see, the forces of darkness don't like that because they're going to say, what? You mean to say another who's going to come to break my kingdom? And the Lord says, yes, I'm afraid so. Right? So I'm a, I'm a kingly priest. Because we're called kings and priests unto God. I have rank in the army of God. I'm a warrior. Right? I'm not going to sit back and let the devil take my goods. I'm not going to sit back and let the devil come and destroy my life and my family, my marriage, my happiness, my joy, or any of those things. But I have to learn how to uh, intercept the works of the devil and destroy it. I have to first of all recognize that there is something happening that is not of God. It is devilish. This is not something that is God doing, which he does but the devil doing because he duplicates. Amen? And he duplicates things because he knows that when he can bring something as close as possible to the light, you and I can be deceived. We can believe a lie. Right? We can easily be condemned. We can easily fall into a trap of opening our hearts through the, the circumstances of life that take place like what happened to these people. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they did the wrong thing. But that's not the point. You and I know that we all did wrong things. And some of us are still doing wrong things. But the point is to know that God wants you and I to be liberated. To be free. To be the sons and daughters of God. On earth. Not just wait to go one day into heaven and then be recognized as a son and daughter. No, no, no. They must recognize you on earth. So when the devils look at you, they say, my goodness, here comes a son and a daughter. But you may not feel that way. You may feel very weak and inadequate and having gone through so many difficulties in life, you're still dealing with all of those issues. You may not feel like a warrior kingly priest at all. And that's what you've got to understand is that God wants you to come out of that in order for you to take up the mantle that he has for you. And that's not reserved for the fivefold ministry. That is for every believer. Amen? That is for every believer. Not to sit there and say, oh God, you know, I'm going through all... Well, the more you lament about your situation, the more you feel sorry for yourself. Well, the devil's going to get in there and he's going to kick you even more. Amen? He's going to kick you even more because you're giving him an open door. You see, the seven times worse is going to come back because what? Oh, I was saved 25 years ago. Yeah, you were saved 25 years ago. But after 25 years of salvation, where has that salvation got you? What kind of victory has it brought into your life? Where are you going with it? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? How are you affecting the forces of darkness and destroying what they are doing around you and in the nation and in the world? That's what you've got to understand because you've been chosen for that reason. Right? You're not just chosen to go into heaven and sit down with a pina colada on the beach. No. You are, you are chosen to represent the kingdom of God on earth. And we don't want to see you weak and broken. That's why we are preaching. That's why we are loving on you. That's why we are encouraging you. That's why sometimes we rebuke you. That's why sometimes we chasten you. Because God himself does those things. But if you're going to be stubborn 
and a stick in the mud and said, no, I'm not going to move. No matter what you do for me, I'm not going to move. But you still got to love me. You still got to care for me. Look, I'll tell you something. It gets tiring after some time. Okay? It gets tiring sometimes. And then there's no point in pursuing that path of bringing you to victory and to release and liberty because you don't want to come. That even if I do set you free. See, I don't just cast demons out of people nowadays. I used to before. Just whack more, cast demons out of people just for the sake of casting demons out and seeing the power of God and all of that sort of stuff. And there's a release for half an hour, one day, two weeks, and then they're back seven, eight times worse. And then the person who was delivered, you know, has become eight times worse. So what's the point of setting that person free? Let them keep that one demon and not receive another seven demons. That makes a lot of sense. Right? So you and I must come to that place where we understand who we are in Christ Jesus and then come into that place of the manifestation of the Spirit of God in our lives and the demonstration of that, that we might be called the sons and daughters of God. And that God, that kind of outpouring of the Spirit of God is going to come in the last days. Some of us are not ready for it because we want the old ways. You see, when Jesus came and demonstrated his power to the Pharisees, they couldn't accept that there was another kingdom that had this kind of power and could demonstrate. So they got jealous, they got angry. They went against Christ. They tried to kill him so many times. They tried to destroy his disciples. They did everything possible to suppress. But they didn't know themselves that they were being motivated and controlled by the evil one who was using religiosity to destroy what was liberty, what was grace, what was mercy, what was goodness and kindness and the love of God. And people say, oh, God doesn't love me. No, God loves you, mate. Wake up. You know, give it a rest. God loves you. Please get rid of the devil. He's the one who hates you. Right? He, God's not trying to kill you. If he wanted to kill you, you'd have destroyed you a long time ago. Right? It's the devil. He's after you. He's after your money. He's after your marriage. He's after everything that is good and acceptable in the sight of God that God has placed inside of you. So he pulls everything that he can pull out every second of the moment that he gets a chance. I personally believe that in these last days, which we have so convincingly entered into, that there's a new breed of people going to arise. A new breed who don't have anything to do with the past. I was talking to a pastor on the phone in Sri Lanka that I've gone and ministered there. And he saw the demonstration of the power of God in his church. So he said to me, I respect you and I respect your ministry. So he asked me on the phone a few days ago. He said, what word do you have for me? for 2021. I said simply this, take everything you know and throw it in the bin. And then, humble yourself and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. And do only that. And have it confirmed by the Word of God before you do it. Everything else you throw in the bin. Because it doesn't matter. Take all your notes, take all your wonderful teachings and revelations you've had and throw it in the pit because they are now inside your spirit. If they're not inside of your spirit, you're going to keep referring back your notes. They're on paper. They're a letter on a piece of paper. But God does not write on paper or on stones. He writes on the hearts of men. So let the Holy Spirit write a new chapter in your life. Let the Holy Spirit begin, begin a new journey in your life. That is going to be so full of glory and power and joy and happiness that you don't have to worry about what you went through or what you are going through, but you've got to know 
by the Spirit of God that you are chosen, only accepted, beloved, and that you are going into a prepared place by God, no matter what happens to you on earth. As long as you maintain an attitude of gratitude towards God and towards His goodness and His mercy, I'm not saying things don't get tough. I'm not saying the devil does not attack. I'm not saying that people make your life a misery. They do. But the power of the Holy Spirit in you is the power of God. Amen? That's the power of God in you. That's why he invested his Holy Spirit in you. We've got to tap into that power. This new breed of people that are coming, they will be so resilient towards evil. They will not start tolerated even for a second. They will be so righteous before God that they will know evil before it even comes to their doorstep. They will sense it in the spirit. They will know, they will see it, and they will say, no, 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 you are not coming anywhere near me. And you're not going to do anything against me, my family, my finances, or my church, or my area that I live in, because I do not receive you. And so they are wondering how you came to that place, because you chose a path in God to believe what he says to you. You believe it. You may not understand it fully, but you believe it. So once you believe, you enter into the realm of the Spirit. That's what gets you into the realm of the Spirit. Your faith gets you into the realm of the Spirit. Your faith is not just to do works. Your faith allows you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's what he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, many see in John 3, 3. And you have to see, but many do not enter because they're not born of the water and of the Spirit. If you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you've got to give up everything you have known or understood and come to the place of abandonment because you now know you're standing upon the rock that is Jesus by the grace and the mercies of God. These people who are going to come and are already upon the earth, many of them are there, they will manifest as very, very, very strong people, sons and daughters of God, who will not give in to the devil. They will not give in to human beings. They will not give in to the so-called, you know, religious spirits that come and tell us things. They will counter it. They will, they will speak up. They will say, no, this is a lie. This is not of God. Don't listen to it. But if you listen to it, then you're going to follow it. They can't do anything about it, but they will not follow it. Come with me to Matthew chapter 16. Very familiar passage. Matthew chapter 16. We'll begin at verse 18. Now Peter has just got a revelation from Father God about who Jesus is. And this it says, And I say unto thee, Jesus talking to Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I will give you who you and me, the church, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You cannot fight Satan on your own. Don't even bother. He will eat you up for breakfast and spit you up because he doesn't like the taste. He hates you. He will destroy you the moment he gets an opportunity. 
If he infiltrates your mind, he will sit there till you go mad. He will tell you lies that you have never even heard. They will come so subtly to you that you would believe it like Eve believed Satan against the word of God. That Muhu, the king of kings, the creator of all heaven, spoke to Eve and told her something and she disbelieved God to believe the devil. So she lost the kingdom on our behalf. She and Adam lost the kingdom that was given to them because they were the dominion power. They were the authority on earth. They had the kingdom of God on earth. They lost it to the devil who suddenly took it from them. And that's how he wants to take it from you. The kingdom of God is pressing into the earth in this hour, whether you see it or you don't. And this is, the, this is causing the earth to be invaded by the devil as well. You know, as the devil sees his days coming closer to an end, he is coming harder onto the earth. I'll tell you why. It's in the Bible. Let's begin at Matthew chapter 11. And verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, <laughs> traditionally in the church it has been preached that the violent people who take the kingdom of God by force are Christians. That's not what it's saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. Please read it carefully, because I had to correct my theology when I read it over and over again, and the Holy Spirit showed me. There are several factors there that are quite confusing if you're not careful. They be led the wrong way. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist. No, John the Baptist had just come. And then Jesus came not long after. And he says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, meaning till he came, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. So it's only been talking about a short time. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. Because in verse 13 he says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So from the day one until John, the kingdom of God has been suffering violence. So what happened when John came? What happened when John came was that he ushered in the authority and the power in the name of or in the person of Jesus. So he said, now that I have come, the violence is ended. See, they, they, he, he gave us a verse from the Bible, uh, Bob did this morning, that he had destroyed all the powers and principalities and ordinances on the cross and made an open shame of them. What do you think he's done? What do you think Jesus has done? He said, but I still see the devil, I still see famine, I still see poverty, I still see so many other things going on in the earth. Yes, you do. We're not saying that's not a reality, it is. That, or that you are facing problems. But now he said, I've given you the keys of how the kingdom of God operates on earth. You need to take the keys and you need to use it. And that's what God is trying to get us to understand. So there's a fight that is taking place for every soul on earth, both saved and unsaved, of the most immense and magnitude of battle that is going on, you cannot even imagine. There are seven to eight billion people on the earth today. And the devil is fighting hard to get as many as he can, and God is fighting hard to get as many as he can. So heaven is colliding with earth. Now people are not automatically getting saved. Don't even imagine that for one second. People are not automatically getting saved. The members of your family are not, who are unsaved are not automatically getting saved. Not until you open your mouth and say something to them. And you're going to go into a battle. 
Because the moment you say that, your marriage is going to be threatened. Your lifestyle is going to be threatened. Your finances are going to be threatened. Your reputation is going to be threatened. Who you are in relationship to them and your relationships with them are going to be threatened. Why? Because the devil's going to come. And he's going to influence them to attack you. So what happens is you get rejected and you go and hide. <coughs> Instead of counter-attacking. And bringing down the forces of darkness that want to destroy your family, your finances, and your marriage, and your job, and whatever else he wants to take from you. Because if he can take those things that are dear and near to you, he can cause you to change your mind on God. You know the song, All is Well with My Soul? That man, so from, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get the story right, but he lost his wife and daughters on a ship sailing from England to some place. And he sang, he wrote that song, All is Well with My Soul. Someone is taken from you, your loved one, the one you have bonded with, the one you have loved, the one you've invested your life in, suddenly disappears. Because the devil takes them out. Who are you going to blame? You're going to blame God. But this man said, all is well with my soul. Meaning they said, devil, you can't kill my family and take me. You can't. You just don't have the power to do that. I'm so convinced of the goodness and the mercies of God that you can't do that. He's taking your husband, he's taking your wife, he's taking your car, he's taking your job, he's taking this, he's taking that. But next thing he's coming for is your soul. Because if he can deplete you of all these things first, your value system, the one that you've invested your best in. When Jesus appeared to me, he said, I will have no one between you and me. As soon as I saw Jesus, my, I knew my father died. As soon as I saw Jesus, I, I knew. I don't know how, I just knew. But he was my value system. There was nobody else greater than my father, not even Jesus. I wasn't saved. I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. I wasn't saved. But my love for my father was greater than anything else in the world. I said to the Jesus said to me, I will have no one between you and me. No one. Get it. Do you get it? No, I don't get it. It took a long time for me to get it. He's a jealous lover. He wants you first. You know, I may not want you first. He does. And the devil knows that. The devil knows how precious you are to Christ. Because you are his inheritance. It says so in Ephesians chapter 1. You are his inheritance. Do you think he's just going to give up his inheritance? He's going to fight tooth and nail for it. There is something about the kingdom of God that is to be established on earth. There's something about it. We haven't really seen into that. Why is the earth important? Why can't just God uh, establish his kingdom in heaven and forget about it? Why does he want to establish it on earth? What's so great about earth? All the millions of stars and billions of stars and planets and all of those things, this little tiny pinhead of a planet called Earth seems to be of the utmost importance in the Bible, to the devil, and to us. Why have you stopped to think what it could be? Come with me to Revelation chapter 12. I'll tell you why the devil is so interested in the Earth. Revelation 12. 
And we're going to look from 12 onwards. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he had but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she is nourished, for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth, out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wrought with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of a seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. He got kicked out from heaven. He has no place now in heaven. Who? The devil. So that's why the Bible is saying rejoice heaven because this guy has been kicked out. There's no evil now. There's no death. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. There's no suffering. Everything is gone from heaven. The will of God has been established in heaven. And Jesus prayed. Father taught us how to pray. He said, Father, let your will be established upon thee. So now the will of God is to establish his kingdom upon the earth. And guess what the devil wants to do? He says, no, listen, this is my last bastion. This is my last chance for a habitation. So I'm not going to give it up. I'm going to fight for it. Not realizing, not realizing for one moment that what he's doing is he's challenging the supreme authority of God and his reign upon the earth. He's not challenging the church. He doesn't realize the authority of God is vested in the church. He is the supreme commander of the church. He is the head of the church. So he's actually fighting against God without realizing that in his fullest, in his fullest understanding. And so he's going after the church. But what he does not understand is that Jesus is the head of the church. And he will fight him back. But how will Jesus fight him back? Fight Jesus will fight him back with, through you and me. The church. So he's teaching us how to fight. So the people are the prize that the devil is after. Both Jesus and the devil are after the people. They're after the souls. That's the prize. You see, the devil is still the prince of the power of the air. And he's trying to seek to turn many hearts away from God. So he's putting the layers of blindness over the people and he's increasing it. That now that you see that we are being pushed to a corner as a church. Right? Most of the church worldwide now is pushed to the corner. What's come forth is everything devilish, everything worldly has come forth. It's now ruling and reigning over the almost the entire earth because the prince of the power of the air has influenced governments, has influenced people, has influenced them to make biological weapons and viruses and plagues and bombs and guns and or influence them about fornication, sex, alcohol, drugs, come on, make it, drink it, eat it, sleep with the women, do all that thing, do everything that is unrighteous before God because I want you to fall into the same pit that I'm going to fall into. And here we are being with our backs to the wall almost, right? Trying to fight off this evil on the earth. We've been here six years trying to do something for the Southwest Corridor. We haven't even put a dent into it. Or so we believe. Because we have not seen the manifestation of the works that we have done. And we have done it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have not seen it. Because now after we go and deliver people, you know how many have come here, have got their miracles, have got their healings, have got their deliverance, 
have got their things sorted out, their life sorted out, they've spent hours, days, wept tears for them, fasted and prayed, you know, and set them free. When they leave here, cursing and spitting dirt against us, and then they go and they demonize again seven times a day. Instead of keeping their salvation, rooting themselves and drowning themselves in the body of Christ. No, I can do this on my own. I'm out there. So then the next thing you know, they're demonized, hurt, damaged, broken, destroyed, whatever else. Because they don't have the collective force of the kingdom of God in the body of Christ helping them. The kingdom of God is suffering violence because we have come to a place where we have tried to settle the word of God on earth. We are saying this is the truth. This is what Jesus told us is the truth. He has demonstrated it and this is what we are speaking to you. And they don't like it because they know that the same word Settled a battle in heaven. The same word. Settled a battle in heaven. And they got kicked out of heaven. Took one third of the angels with him. And came to the earth to destroy the earth. And he said, no, I will not let the word be established upon the earth. I will do my utmost to demonize the people. So that they cannot receive the word. I'll give them their pride. I will give them their intellect. I will give them their self-image. I'll give them idolatry. I'll give them all sorts of things. As long as they don't receive the word. Because the moment they receive the word, they're a threat to my kingdom. But the moment you receive the word, you have received the kingdom of God into your heart. And now you have the power. You see, the devil doesn't understand something. That God is going to destroy the earth. He's fighting for it. But God's going to destroy the earth. And he's going to make a new earth and a new heaven. Right? And he's not going to be a part of that. But he's fighting for something that is going to be destroyed. So God has put a condition on this earth. That if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You shall be saved. Okay? Now you have to live that condition in the way that God wants you to live that condition according to his word. So he says don't build your kingdoms on the earth because that, this earth is going. Matthew 6, 19-21 Get rid of it. Lay your treasures in heaven. Don't worry about this earth. Okay, Everything is going to be destroyed. Death is going to be defeated. Whole lot's going. So kingdom of God came to us when John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ. Now come with me to John 18. Now here's something very interesting that Jesus says. Because I want to establish in your heart that you're not alone in this earth. You're not someone who's forgotten and that somebody else is thinking about you. John 18 verse 36. When he, Jesus was called up before Pilate, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Meaning to say, I have come to take over the earth with a kingdom from another place, which has got nothing to do with the earth. And I want to fight with you through the things that I have established in my church. Now you've got to stop and think, what has God established on the earth? What has God established on the earth? That's what you've got to understand. The first thing God wants most of all, please come with me to Hebrews chapter 1.
Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Thy scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Now this word scepter, you know what it means? It means a little staff, like a stick about two and a half to three feet, maybe two and a half feet long, that is given to the king and the king holds it while he sits upon the throne. But what the scepter represents is his absolute sovereignty as king. Okay, now the absolute sovereignty of Jesus as king is established in his righteousness before God. His righteousness before God. What happens to your imputed righteousness the moment you sin? You lose it. You are no longer righteous before God because you have sinned. So God doesn't want you to walk in unrighteousness. God doesn't want you to do your warfare in unrighteousness. The whole fight that is going on for heaven and earth is about righteousness, a right standing with God. And he, he can in some ways destabilize righteousness before God. Let us say that you are a minister of God, or a person who believes in ministry. And, and you go and minister to a person who's demonized or oppressed by demons. And you are living an unrighteous life. Guess what happens to you? You've just opened yourself up to the devil. Because when you are righteous and you go and minister, you are attacked anyway. But at least you have the authority and the power to deal with that situation. But in unrighteousness, you have no authority or power. So the devil has a legal right to take away what is being given to you because you yourself have given it up through sin. That's how he is infiltrating the church. Why are we repenting on behalf of nations? And why is it that God expects that the church repent first? If my people shall turn from their wicked ways and humble themselves, then I will hear from heaven and... So what happened? Heaven is cut off to the person who is not walking righteously with God and God cannot legally intervene in that situation because the devil will say, no, you're going against your word. So it's incumbent upon us to go back to God and repent and turn from our wicked ways, come back to righteousness, then you have authority again. Then you have a right standing with God for you to speak in that. That's why most prayers don't go anywhere. They don't go past the ceiling. The prayers of a righteous man is effective, is powerful. It can change a nation. It can change the circumstance. It can change the situation. So when you pray, you say, God, if I am righteous, ooh, that's a dangerous prayer. If I am righteous, then give me what I ask. And you get it. It's yours. But you must appropriate it. Let's finish with Daniel 7.27. Daniel 7.27. Let's begin at 25. 
and he shall speak great words talking about the antichrist against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws that's happening now and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end this is the devil's kingdom and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high god that's you and me whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him wow he is going to take the dominion that the evil one thinks he has take it away from him and throw it and cast it out because it's meaningless and then give us the kingdom of heaven now we've got something supreme something powerful let's go to luke chapter 12 Luke 12:29-31 And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink neither be ye of doubtful mind for all these things do the nations of the world seek after and your father knoweth that you have need of these things but rather seek ye the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you so when you seek the kingdom of god all these things shall be added unto you all day was sitting by a lounge you know uh, as a believer by desperate hungry thirsty for god going nowhere living on my own divorced broken in many areas of my life and i was listening to derek prince teaching on how to speak in tongues and how to interpret so i was listening to this message he said now we're going to dance He said, "Now speak in tongues." So I spoke something in tongues. He said, "Now interpret." And the words that came out of my mouth was, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you." And it went to me like a dream. And that was the turning point. After that, everything changed. because i had received it into my spirit that i should seek god's kingdom first nothing else not my uh, revenge not my repatriation of funds or my losses i, I didn't ask god to restore all the things that i had lost no 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 i put everything in the waste paper basket and i said no seek first now this is the forward looking attitude that has come into my spirit okay i'm looking into the future I'm saying seek ye first the kingdom of God then what happens all these other things that I need in natural life shall be added unto me and guess what it was even without my working even without my doing anything because I was righteously seeking first the kingdom of God in everything I said no first God first God people thought I was crazy I said I don't know anything man all I know is that I have to seek first the kingdom of God so I pressed into the kingdom of God through the word of God through the spirit of God and I began to seek it like I've never sought it before now let's have a look at Romans 14 and 17 for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy ghost the kingdom of god is not what feasting and eating and carrying and partying and enjoying yourself morning noon and night you know till there's no tomorrow and he said these are the days when they will behave like in the days of but he said no it is joy it's supernatural joy in the holy ghost amen, amen. it is supernatural peace in the holy ghost 
but it's supernatural righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So I go into that place of seeking God and His righteousness. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So I'm seeking both together. I'm not just seeking the demonstration of power. I'm not just seeking the demonstration of winning souls. I'm not trying to preach a good message all the time. No, I'm seeking the righteousness of everything that I do. Is it pleasing to you, Father? Have I done it rightly? Are you happy with me? Are you, are you able to now bless me? You know, this word this morning. I tell you, I can feel the Holy Ghost now. Somebody better get a hold of that word. Otherwise, you're going to miss it, man. You're going to miss it. You know, when Willie was worshipping on Thursday night here, before he started the song, the third or fourth song, is a soul with you like me. I was standing up the front and worshipping the Lord, and the Lord said, tell the people, you know, to soul with me. And I said, I'm not going to say yeah. And as soon as he started the song, guess what? I was kicking myself in the seat of my hand. Because I missed it. I missed the opportunity that God gave me. It was just a fleeting word that just came from somewhere. So I said to you, the words of God are always floating around. You've got to grab it. Because you don't grab it, you don't have it. Renee said the other day, she saw the words behind the words. So what is she saying? She's saying something. She needs to grab it. You need to grab it. The moment you see it, it's your rima. Take it. You don't know what's going to work itself. But take it. Let it become a deposit within you. And then it shall push you forward. Like when it said, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It just came out of my mouth. And that became my mandate in life. I don't think about anything else. My wife often asks me, do you love me? I say, yeah, I love you, but I'm seeking for the kingdom of God. Who have you put first? Can we have some music? There's a song there on YouTube called Call Me. It's a worship song. I want to pray for people this morning.